welcome to episode 35 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson Rule, and today I get to speak with my amazing friend, Alison Tenney. Now, Alison is a strength and conditioning coach. She operates out of the US, and Alison and I just view the world in the same way, <laughs> basically, which is uh, where we have this big, big um, connection. She's a wonderful person. Um, she has the same obsession with movement and what movement teaches us, not just about our bodies, but also about ourselves and the level of patience and understanding and awareness that is required to know the energy levels that it takes to either achieve something physical in terms of your physical goals, but the same also for any um, mental goals, any looking within that you have. Some work can take a lot of energy to work through. Um, and you have to understand that the recovery piece also has to come into that much as it does in the physical it also has to do on the mental side on that internal work side and we are both yeah I guess fascinated with the way in which movement teaches us that you can't do high intensity twice a day seven days a week you will shut down and it's the same thing with any inner work you're doing anything you're working through you need to understand the toll that will take if you don't give yourself some rest and recovery from that. So we go deep on that today. I really hope you enjoy the call. You will see and feel Alison's passion and her willingness to be honest and open about experiences that have led her to who she is today and it's it's wonderful and it's brave and it's and she'll tell me it's not brave it's just what she should do but um i still think that there are very few people that are willing to say this is me um i've made some big mistakes this is where i'm at and i'm still working through it um and i think it, it takes you know, a very, very um, big and honest and open person to do that. So, Alison, thank you. This is my personal thank you to you within this long introduction. Everybody else, I hope you enjoy the show. I know you'll love Alison. See you on the other side. Alison, I cannot believe this is actually happening. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am doing so good. I am so excited to be here. So excited. This is going to be so much fun. This, we have just been waiting to do this for so long and yeah. I'm like, squeeze, it's here. <laughs> so um, please, Alison, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Okay. My name is Alison Tenney. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in the fitness industry, um, and my background is actually in college athletics. I grew up playing soccer, was a collegiate soccer coach for, gosh, over a decade, um, and was also doing the strength and conditioning for the college soccer team. So it was kind of this hybrid position between on-field sport coaching. I was a, a defender, a center back and a center mid, and also writing and doing the fitness programming and the strength programming for the college team. So that's like really where I got my start was in soccer and sport and mm -hmm. then started this side hustle 
kind of on, you know, I had some alumni that were like, Hey, we've graduated. You wrote our workouts and our, did all of our fitness for four years. We don't know what to do now. I was like, sure, I can help you with that. I'm going to charge you for that. Yeah. And kind of started this business on the side, had two babies along the way. They grew up on the soccer field. And once my family started moving, kind of went all in, in the online fitness space, which I loved. Love, love, Mm -hmm. love, because I just love seeing the transformation of women picking up heavy shit. And then, let's see, about three and a half years ago, my family moved from Seattle, Washington, and I kind of left soccer. Well, I did leave soccer behind and went all in online fitness. Okay, cool. So 10 years. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. So uh, (laughs) youth soccer into collegiate soccer, four years, and then right into coaching. So um, yeah, it was a long, long career. I thought I would be in the soccer coaching field forever, Mm -hmm. but it really set this foundation of my love for movement and Mm -hmm. a lot of things that (laughs) popped up around my body. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. So three years now, you've been fully online? Fully online. I'd say I started my business uh, maybe five and a half years ago, but was still doing some in-person, was still coaching soccer. Mm -hmm. We had soccer practice, games on weekends, the whole thing. Um, And then about three years ago, moved, went all online. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so what does that look like now for you? How do you, how does that all work together? Who do you serve? What do you do? How does it work? You know, it's interesting. I find that I tend to serve previous versions of myself. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people that identify as an athlete, and that doesn't need to be like a sport athlete or collegiate athlete, um, but people who really love and appreciate movement and strength and know that they want that to be a part of their life. They want to develop that side of their movement practice. Mm -hmm. So most Mm -hmm. of them are moms or they were, I actually have three of my college soccer players on my client roster, professionals in the fitness industry that just mm-hmm. don't want to program for themselves. I think saving time and having trust of somebody that you know can program for you and yeah. guide you on that movement journey. I don't just, mm-hmm. I don't believe in just handing over programs to people. I really believe it's this journey. It's a container that I hold for my clients to allow them to discover a lot of those things on their own with their body. Mm, mm. And I love that because it is that, isn't Mm, it? It's not just, these are my goals. Mm. This is how I'm going to get there. You you almost want to tell people, Mm. you know, if you do give this a chance, you know, you won't regret it. And there's so much more in this than you could even imagine right now in terms Mm. of, you know, how you're going to get to know yourself, how you're going to, you know, understand your body, how your body's going to tell you and teach you so much. Yeah. And that's the love for it, isn't it? It's that love of movement and what movement can do. And I think we've been really disconnected from that love 
because we're disconnected from our bodies because of all of the crap that we're told, beliefs that we're handed. And I find my role inside the fitness industry is, I mean, number one, I, I, I love movement. I love physiology. I geek out over metabolic systems. We could talk about that for the entire time. Mm-hmm. But the deeper stuff, the more meaningful, the more impactful stuff is really this like unpacking, unwinding of all of this crap that like isn't really you to get back to the real you on that journey with your body. And that you yeah. can't really tell people that. You can't Quiet. <laughs> you can't put your finger like on that because it's so different for everybody based on their own stories with their body. Mm-hmm. And what does that so in terms of the beliefs, mm. what does that look like? What does that you know, how is that presented when you're meeting a client for the first time and you know, mm-hmm. right, well, I've got this person in front of me or virtually, mm-hmm. you know, what is that process like in terms of from the get go? Are you sort of starting to unravel what those beliefs are? Does that happen further down the line? What does that look like for you? You know, most of my clients come to me and they are already burnt out on diet culture or toxic fitness culture, right? This idea that if I just lose 10 pounds, then I'll be happy. The if-then conundrum. And it's this hamster wheel of like getting on this diet, falling off, shame, getting back on. And that shame spiral never works ever. Mm. And so most of my clients come to me from like trying different programs. They tried this PDF, they worked with this coach, but it was just like something was off and they always think it's them. Mm. And so usually my goal is to just approach it with this and approach. Call Mm. it like the the both and always. Mm. And so for my clients, when they come into my programs, It's a practice to show up for yourself, and that can look both ways. And so I really try to hammer home with lots of compassion and grace. We always are using compassion as one of the foundational pieces. Mm -hmm. If you show up and do everything inside the program, you get all the green check marks and, you know, you PR all over the place, that's great. That's a practice to show up Mm -hmm. for yourself. It's also a Mm -hmm. practice to show up for yourself and miss workouts and have that Mm -hmm. be okay. And mm-hmm. ghost for a week and come back and have that be okay. Both yeah. are okay. And yeah. if we can use compassion and enter it with an intention of grace, that mm-hmm. is so much more powerful in that healing process around your body. And you're going to be able to sustain that. And what yeah. happens is that people use shame as a driving factor. And then you don't show up in your program for your week. You're like, oh, well, now I feel really bad. And that's my fault. And I'm such a, you know, whatever, X, Y, and Z, shame, shame, shame. Yeah. And yeah. then they think it's them. Well, maybe it's the program and it's the coat. It just, it spirals quickly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I try to train my clients out of that negative thought spiral. And it's a, mm. it's a practice either way. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course, you know, again, when they show up for that first time, when they sit down with you, you know, they are 
ready to do the program. They're ready to do mm-hmm. all of that. But as you say, that shame cycle, oh, I missed that week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the immediate thing is, is always, oh, I'll make up for it next week. Or, and yes. it's like, no, 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 no. no. We're going to figure out mm-hmm. why did we miss that? Mm-hmm. Let's get to understand that part mm-hmm. of you. Because that part of you is the one that also exists right now. We need to honor that part of you, you know, and it's a real, yeah, it's that understanding your, your whole self, not just the one who shows up and lifts the weight. And and Mm. as you say, checks off all the boxes because it's wonderful. Of course, we we want people to do their program, Mm. but it's just part of the whole picture. Yeah. How difficult do you think it is to undo that, that work, that, you know, that toxic culture? It is everything. Yeah. It's something I struggle with. It's not this mm. like, oh, we've mm. identified it and now we can solve it. And it's going to happen in this three-month program. Check. Mm. <laughs> that is like so not how it works. Mm-hmm. It is a lifelong process. Yeah. And I think this is why things get so complicated in the, and I'll just stick to fitness because that is my lane, in the fitness industry is because we like to, or coaches, this is like one of the things that bothers me platform this stuff as like gain confidence and, you know, you know, freedom and all these like buzzwords around it. Mm -hmm. But the work is hard. And people talk about like the work, the work, the work. There's like the best memes on the internet. I love it about Mm -hmm. the work. The (laughs) the work is identity work. You're Mm -hmm. literally pulling apart belief systems narratives, all of the isms of the world, your own internalized racism, internalized misogyny, internalized patriarchy, like Mm. that shit is deep. And you Mm. start pulling up on those threads, you're really breaking down identities and having to build them back up. And here's the other thing that I find, again, I'm in the U.S., so very American culture, our dominant culture is one of individuals. We're trained into this individualistic dominant culture of like, you know, if I just hustle, if I grind, if I, 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 me, Mm. me, me, we discover ourselves through relationships with other Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. have forgotten, we're trained out of community. Yeah. We don't know how to be a part of the collective. And so we sell people on this like individualistic approach, just do the program, lose the 10 pounds, gain the confidence. So individualistic, where is the community? Where are the relationships? So how do you expect an individual to heal or to gain that confidence or that freedom or that autonomy if they don't know how to be in relationship and community with the collective? Mm. And that's really my Mm. point for my clients. They've got to start with that compassion for themselves to see themselves within the collective. Yeah, absolutely. And, And also because of that, because of that, 
you know, culture of, you know, I, 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 as Mm. you say, the road looks, the road is long. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, people don't necessarily want to see that because we have the, well, I want this by this amount of time. And, you know, I've tried this before and I'm hoping that this, this works, but you know, the road is so long and, and absolutely you need people, that community along the way Mm. all the time Mm. to be able to grow just within yourself. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I'm so obsessed with movement also because of the ridiculous change that takes place once we get beyond this short fast quick yeah idea yeah there's so much more and you know you you find it and I know I know we're, we're both the same in this but you know we're sort of so passionate about it because mm. of all of that change that can take place if only people would would you know give it a chance or indeed have that compassion with themselves and god getting rid of those layers of shame and guilt and it is it's it's lifelong and it comes back it you know as you say it's not like just a, a an 8 week program or a 12 week right. program it's ongoing and bits come back yeah. that you thought you had worked on, dealt with, you know, okay, that's cool. I'm, I'm done with that part. What's next? Oh, sorry. You're still here. What? I thought, I thought that was gone that bit. And I think actually, as you say, you know, it is hard work. I think, I think the idea of that is really uncomfortable Mm. for people. I find it uncomfortable. Oh, I hate doing the work. (laughs) Like the work, the work, the work. The thing that like people don't understand, they think the work is like, you know, scrolling Instagram and reposting Mm. a meme that's like, oh, this is a little bit uncomfortable. No, the work is wildly uncomfortable. Mm. And I think through the body, we have to build capacity to be able to stand in that wildly uncomfortable spot. Not for like a moment, but like a good amount of time for that identity work to actually take hold. Most people don't Mm. want to enter that wildly uncomfortable space. It's like they, they can touch it. They might put their toe into it, but then they retract immediately because of that individualistic approach. This is wildly uncomfortable for me. Eh, not for me. Bye. Yeah. You have yeah. to be able to develop that capacity to be uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. wildly uncomfortable for shit to actually change. And mm. we don't have that capacity. And so I, like my practice, my business, my beliefs, my foundation of what I'm doing over here at Allison Tenney Fitness is helping people develop this relationship with their body to build that capacity to be wildly uncomfortable in like the stuff that really matters, the healing with their body, the staying present in their body, to have hard conversations, to stay, to be present and not leave. 
We're mm. constantly checking out into the past. Oh, if I would have said that, I, I should have done that. Or checking out to the future. I hope this mm. happens. What if, what if, what if? That mm. we don't develop the capacity to stay in the present. And mm. sports and training and lifting and your body is what grounds you into that present moment to develop that capacity. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, also what you were saying around just, again, going back to going back to that discomfort level, going back to mm. staying there, because what mm. do you do when you get there and you're like, oh, mm. holy shit, I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Mm. Then and, it, and it's, it's building that resilience to stay yeah. there for a little bit longer. And then that's where the, you know, having others around you mm. for support piece comes in because, yeah, it is uncomfortable. If you can reach out to somebody, yeah. be like, shit, because part of it is also going, do you know what? I didn't expect that to affect me in that way. And there's levels of shame around that too. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? The to, shame to, 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 spiral to is really real. <laughs> and I, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head, like having that, again, that community piece of people you really trust of like, hey, mm. this is, again, we put a lot of like, this is why language is really important that you're naming things correctly um, to mm. be able to talk about it. Mm. Because if we can't name it and talk about it and have it be wildly uncomfortable and have it be embarrassing and have it be vulnerable, you're not going to deal with it. And so to have that community of like, I think I messed up here. What do you think? And to have that like care and compassion reflected back to you, that's where Mm. that change begins to happen. Mm. Mm. And because also care and compassion is not always necessarily going to be the thing you want to hear either. You Mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is a truth that you would rather not face. You know, compassion is is not just the kind of, you know, oh, it's going to be okay, hon. It's mm. kind of like, no, I'm going to hold space for you. And this is what I think. Mm-hmm. And actually in this situation, maybe that wasn't an action that, you know, worked in your favor or someone else's favor or whatever. Like yeah. it's, it is, it's that, it's that kind of open rawness that if you do, you know, as you said before, you know, you're kind of dipping a toe in and then you're like, well, no thanks. And you come back out. But then to build that, again, as you said, that capacity to be uncomfortable for a longer period of time, mm-hmm. then you, that, that's how you then go deeper, right? Because you're like, okay, do you know what before that was like, oh, I hated that. Yeah. But I can give it some more time now. I can go through it a little bit, a little bit deeper now. And that's, and then, you know, that work, the word work again, then that's where you get to do the really good deep work because you've gone past that superficial layer right? that we all tiptoe around (laughs) that Um, we stay in not even tiptoe around that like we stay on like layer level one (laughs) let me lose 10 (laughs) pounds like I'm so tired of this like I don't want to get bulky or let me lose 10 pounds that's a real concern for people but if we cannot move past that to like Mm. the stuff that's actually holding you back the things you Mm. really believe about your body Mm. um 
you're hindering a relationship with yourself Mm. and then relationship with others. Mm. Mm. Like that's Mm. just how it is. Um, And we've got to, we've got to keep, we've got to keep that conversation going. And I'm I'm reading this book. It's called my grandmother's hands. Mm -hmm. And it was almost refreshing to hear him say like, look, this is identity work. Um, It's about white body supremacy, racism, white body supremacy. And it was refreshing to hear him talk about how this is a lifelong journey. This is really hard, wildly uncomfortable identity work. Mm -hmm. And if you get burnt out or you're tired or it's too much, stop, take a break. Mm Like you can't be in the fire. We all talk about like these great metaphors and this language and the work and resilience and, you know, the fire. You can't be in the fire all the time. You've got to go build the capacity, be in it, come back out. Mm. And when you're ready, jump back in or tiptoe in, build more capacity, see what's there, come back out. But it's, it's like, this is why I love strength training and yeah, movement so much. It's the same. I am never going to write a program that's like max on your deadlift every day. Like, no, it looks different for everybody. Everybody's got different yeah. goals. You, how you build people up. Like it's the same with training. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? It's, yeah. it's exactly the same. You, you know, if you're going to work at a high level of intensity, which is totally fine, you mm-hmm. can do that. But you'd better flip and recover from that shit. Exactly. And we don't <laughs> have the skills. there for a long time. We don't have the skills to flip and recover from that. And I'm in these conversations around how are we doing this work that is also sustainable um, yes. and that we can recover and still connect with people with compassion, with empathy. Because right now, I mean, oh my God, open up Facebook or Instagram or any of your social yeah. media things and it's like, you're wrong, you're wrong. Like it's just this mm. binary, good, bad, yeah. you know, hero, villain. And I- yeah just don't think it's that simple. Mm, mm. And it's also a safe place for people to hide, isn't it? Because if you're one or the other, you know, you're on one camp, at least Mm -hmm. other people are with you. Mm -hmm. But to actually go, hang on a minute, let me just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have a little look at a few deeper layers here. And that's harder to do. Yeah. That's harder to do because you're you're you know if, again if we if we're using social media as an example of that then you would feel alone mm. doing that because you've mm-hmm. got these people shouting here and these people shouting here and you're like oh, well I'm just gonna ignore both of all mm-hmm. of that shouting and I'm just gonna have a little check down here mm-hmm. and then you still probably have people going no 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 here come here come here come here yeah it's lonely work as as much as I say you know the community element is important mm-hmm. it is also lonely work to go mm-hmm. I'm just gonna start here it's with, ra- with it's myself radical. I think Sonia Renee Taylor talks about radical self-love it's it's Radical self-love to understand that you've got you Mm. always. And we've been so Mm. disconnected from that truth that we outsource it. We look, we look elsewhere and it just is heartbreaking. Yeah. And that's why you find people on the 
the diet train, the next fitness program just fix me when Mm. inherently at the deepest, truest levels, there's nothing to fix. Mm. You are whole and perfect. Mm. And I think if you approach it from that, it's an entirely different experience. Two people can Mm. follow the exact same fitness program, can show up to the same space one with the intention of compassion and grace and wholeness and love. Another with the fix me, this person's going to help me. If I do this, then I'll be happy. Those are mm. going to be two wildly different experiences. And mm. how do we as coaches hold that container for people and allow people to enter our spaces? That's mm. my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so, so I can imagine, Alison, for a lot of people listening right now, like this is, this is your work. This mm-hmm. is what you do. For a lot of coaches, they may not know how to begin to approach that. And I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people who listen to this podcast anyway, um, are, would be inclined in that way. They're not necessarily your um, the quick fix coaches. They're not yeah. your, yeah, come and buy my whatever program <laughs> and I'm going to heal Join you. my challenge. Like, <laughs> like they're, they're not that. They want to do that, that kind of yeah. deeper work. Because yeah. again, you know, they know me, I'm a basics girl, yeah, not much changes, yeah. you know, like it's kind of like, let's do this and let's do it well. So then how do you add that layer on as a coach, if you were just starting out, how would you approach it? I mean, I'll just hit you with the truth from what I did. I Mm -hmm. fucked up. (laughs) I (laughs) fucked it all up um, and had to ask for help and Mm -hmm. started down this uh, self-identity journey. And to be real blunt, it was specifically around anti-racism So much of this for me goes back to anti-racism work and pulling apart white supremacy and what is my role in that? What is is my part? And that Mm. is, again, wildly uncomfortable. And that happened Mm. because I fucked it up. And somebody reached across the aisle and with a lot of compassion said, hey, I've got some feedback for you. And that was Mm. one of the biggest gifts I have ever gotten. Mm. And so instead Mm. of digging in and get, I mean, I did get defensive. Don't get me wrong. Like the first 48 (laughs) hours were like, who do they think they are? (laughs) Like that is a normal human response. But again, to be able to sit there in that like, oh, this is real icky Mm. and Mm. come out and say, okay, that was hard. Now let me, now let me look at this. Let me look at this Mm. and we've got to move from the, let me learn and listen to action. I got a therapist. I Mm. took anti-racism courses. I took the webinars. I hired the coaches. I'm now in a anti-racism course that does a lot of somatic practice, which has been beautiful and wonderful for me to have this intersection of anti-racism work of being with my white body because Mm. we're so disconnected as white people from our just everything. We are numb, I think. Mm. 
and how we're connecting back with our body. And so for me, just already being in the fitness and movement space to -hmm. be able to incorporate some of those somatic practices. But for me, it started with, I fucked this all up. I'm wildly Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. What do I do with myself now? Mm. Um, And that's been years. Again, it's not one webinar. It's not one program. That started for me in early 2016. Mm. Okay. Okay. And so listening to you and how you viewed that as a gift, Mm -hmm. that I think, and, and you outwardly saying, you know, I fucked up. That is the biggest dread I know of so many coaches, (laughs) of humans in general, to flipping mess up and go, oh, and and not to have, you know, how wonderful that you had somebody reach out Mm -hmm. to say, um, just quick. We're just gonna have a let's have a little sit down. And that was a gift. Yeah. But it was a gift because you received it as a not in the first 48 hours, as you said. (laughs) But you then went, okay, let me take a look at myself. And from then moving forward, that's become a part of a part of your work. But like I said, the biggest thing, because as you know, you know, I work with, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaches now and, and, you know, you train other coaches who don't want to write their own programs and they mm-hmm. absolutely have trust in you. Yeah. It's still the thing that people are really worried about doing. And it's the very mm-hmm. thing that I, I feel, and I'm so glad that you said it, that you really should receive with open arms because it's such an opportunity Mm. to look within yourself for something that you didn't see and for somebody else to a see it Mm. and b care about you enough to say hey i i want to i want to talk to you about something yeah you know that you could then go and really look at yourself because as you say, you know, I, I think, I think we're all disconnected yeah. from what our bodies are telling us yeah. all the time, Absolutely. all the time, you know, every piece of research is the average of a group of people who aren't you, hmm. you know? Yeah. And if you start to, you know, look at what your body, whether it's something as, you know, natural as, as, as intuition mm. or whether it's just you just having a little track of how your week's going, whether it's sleep, whether it's just uh, food, whatever. And I know that all of that can also turn into an unhealthy practice. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, well aware of that, but we are so disconnected from our bodies yeah, and what our bodies are telling us all the time. And we live inside these bodies yes they house us every day a mentor and take all of our you know a mentor Sorry, of on. mine said this thing and I was like oh it's so good inside of this program that I am in um it's with seven stones leadership and she said you don't have a body you are a body mm. and it's mm. it was just like 
wow, how disconnected are we with this relationship with our body that we can just completely be in our heads about Mm. things and expect our bodies to just keep up. There is a disconnect between head, heart, soul, body, emotions, feelings, all of these things and how we connect them again is is through the body. Mm. Where where are those intentions coming from? We've got Mm. to be able to look at those things. Mm. Mm. And again, what would you say? Like I said, you know, I'll say, and and it's the thing that often people dread the most that they they mess up. Somebody calls them on it. The natural thing to do is is to be, you know, defensive. But I think people do- really just want to be heard. Mm. And I think um, develop that like again. Now I have a very high capacity for people being like, you know, this made me unhappy. Like, cool, great, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, um, so where, like listening is a skill, right? Mm -hmm. There's like, what are you, again, things that I'm learning inside. I don't want this to be like, this isn't Allison original content. This is something that I'm Mm -hmm. learning inside of my anti-racism course, where you're listening from, what you're Mm -hmm. listening to, and what you're listening for. And so Mm -hmm. when people are talking to you, if you haven't practiced listening, then you're just listening from your own space, from your own defense mechanisms, from your own stories versus Mm. if I am listening for connection, if I am listening from compassion, if I am listening to whatever that might be for you, it's a much different Mm. experience. And so when people come to you with feedback, even like the hardest most awful things that somebody can say to you, how that lands on you and your heart and your body in your nervous system. Because let me tell you, when my when I get really hard feedback, my nervous system begins to shake my legs, my quads. Like you have that like visceral body response. That is your nervous system having a response. Pay attention mm. to that. Mm. And so listening is a skill, it's a practice. And if we can learn how to listen, then things can really be received as a gift. Um, And you can create that connection with people and just people want to feel seen. They want to be heard. And if you can offer them that space, cool. Then like, where can we take this to? Like, great. You're upset about something. I messed something up. Doesn't mean that I'm a terrible person. And we Mm -hmm. make it mean like I'm a terrible person and now I'm going to dig in and defend my ego versus, Mm. oh yeah, I I messed, I messed that up. I missed that. Or, okay, how can we fix Mm. this? What would that Mm. look like for you? Mm. Harriet Lerner does a lot of really great work around apologies. (laughs) Highly recommend uh, her work around true apologies. Okay. I love that. Harriet Lerner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Because again, we're also comfortable with making little mistakes. Sure. The stakes aren't high, (laughs) right? Like, oh, I messed up. Like, I can't tell you how many times in my programming I like, oops, I forgot to add that note for a client or oops, I missed that video. And they point it out and my immediate response is like, oh God, they found out I'm a terrible coach. (laughs) No, 
oh, whoops, thanks for catching that. Whatever, yeah. like I'll switch the the video. Those are low stakes. But when the stakes mm. get high, uh, people's rights are on the line. People like your your personhood is on the line and you got to step up and speak up for what you believe in, what you think is right. That mm. is is much more uncomfortable. And yeah. imagine, I always imagine the person giving me that feedback, the courage that it takes. Like how often do you want to be like, hey, I'm really upset about this thing. You hurt my feelings. That is uncomfortable to say to somebody. And so to have mm. somebody come and say that to you, think mm. of the courage that that took on that end. Mm. And, I, you know, I I will do that with people who I really care about and who you trust yeah yeah and and I know that I I you know I'm I'm the person that if if something has upset me and I care about you Mm. I will tell you because I try to I'm trying to understand why that event take took place or Mm. why that thing was I'm I'm trying to because I care about the person I'm trying Mm. to understand what their thinking was or where they were coming from or and you know it wasn't until kind of recently and I know I'm aware that when I go into that Mm. I know that I'm entering an uncomfortable conversation yeah but I I I also it's it matters too much to me to to not have that conversation to Mm -hmm. not move into that area of discomfort. If I do care about, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever I'm, whoever I'm speaking to. And so I want to have that, um, conversation. And I, and I realized recently where that stemmed from. Mm -hmm. And it was because, you know, when I was younger, Mm -hmm. if, you know, a racist remark was said about me, Mm -hmm. um, and there were people around who could have stood up for me but didn't. Yeah. I soon realized, okay, so that's cool. Okay, cool. I've got it. But now I need to know that I have to stand up for myself. Yeah. I have to understand, you know, I have to come to understand myself from from asking the question of the person yeah. rather than hoping somebody is going to help me. And so it really wasn't until, you know, the summer where I was like, oh, you know, when I'm thinking back over lots of different experiences and I'm like, that's why I ask those questions Mm -hmm. now. If I'm upset from somebody um, or if I'm upset by somebody who I care about and whose relationship I, you know, is important, our relationship is important to me and I want that to continue, but I need to understand a certain area of it. And that's why I I will always you know, do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm now, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking, do I always approach it in the right way? <laughs> I'm not sure I do. I, I, I don't know I, if any <laughs> of us can or do because everybody has their worldview, their mm. bias, their experiences, their upbringing, their parents, their childhood, their stories, like mm. all of that is so complex and mm. puts us in different positions mm. Mm. as we approach different topics. Mm. Mm. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really tough. And I think 
just such as my inquisitiveness around trying to understand where they're but you approach it with curiosity and I think Mm -hmm. that is really special and unique um, and what Mm. allows that connection because Mm. if I again I've practiced so if somebody's coming at me with like fire and anger and rage I my training and my initial response is collapse, retreat, just take it. So I will take that and then unravel (laughs) off stage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But how we approach those things with curiosity and with compassion is much different than I'm right, you're wrong. Let me prove Mm. to you how wrong you are. Mm. And so for the people that you care about, you're really wanting to keep that connection And so you're approaching it with curiosity versus Mm. you really messed up. Mm. How can I tell you that you just messed up and you're done? Mm. It's that whole cancel culture thing that, um, you know, people are very (laughs) opinionated about and I have my own opinion about it. It creates a deep level of fracture and disconnection that I think is going to take a long time to heal, mm. both mm. individually, collectively, and that looks different for me as a white woman than it does for for you. Mm. It it's different, and you can't mm. just lump people together. And so, you know how my whiteness shows up, how my womanhood shows up, the stories that I've created around those things and how I have to rebuild those identities and what that means to me. Uh, Mm. That's the work, right? Mm. And that's like not in a three-month program, not (laughs) not done in six months, like years and years. And, and, you know, everybody wants the answer because we've been Mm. trained to find the answers outside of us. When you have to have practices that allow you to sit with yourself, mm. wildly uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. It is. It's. It's. It's a. Ho- it's. You know, your life work is 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 rebuilding that relationship with yourself, mm. isn't it? And that's. Mm. And like I say, like sometimes I'm like. Oh God! I mean, I'm exhausted. Like Allison, enough! I'm so sick of myself. (laughs) Yeah, I preferred me when I just didn't have a clue, right? Like head in the sand. Isn't this easier? La 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 la. But the impact that you have, I mean, particularly for you and how you put your work out into the world and how you're affecting people, like that. That is meaningful. And there's just some some people that uh, they're not there yet. And I like to say Mm. yet. Yeah. Leave leave space at the table. Leave the door open. And I really think it can be a, a door of compassion that we allow people to walk through Mm. on their own time. And I, I do firmly believe that um, we have to be shaking the table from all sides. It's mm. not just my side is right and so your side is wrong. There are different ways to break the glass ceiling, shake the table, whatever you know metaphors mm. you want to use. Um, and it takes all mm. of us. 
And I Mm. think that that's what we really have to get at is that even on this, like we're fighting for change and we want things to get better. And, you know, Mm. I want the fitness industry to change. Right. But like, it can't Mm. just be my way. Because if I dig into my way, then even on like my side, we're creating division. And we need all of us pushing Mm. from all of the angles Mm. to create more possibilities for women inside of strength training beyond 10 pounds, beyond toned. And that's like very small, right? Like I I like to think big. I like to dream big. But we've got Mm. to dream bigger about these possibilities. Mm. And it takes all of us pushing on those mm. possibilities mm. and that's right it's it's also you know a, just that level of patience as well mm. just because somebody is not you know seeing the world in whatever way like again it's 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 that respect for everybody else's journey right yeah and and almost to, <laughs> to a degree you know like I said if I really care about someone they're they're the people that I want to have those kind of deeper conversations with those uncomfortable conversations with Mm. if I don't care about you (laughs) I'm gonna be like yeah that was amazing cheers Mm -hmm. fab because Mm -hmm. that's the easiest way right you just feed someone's ego and away they go delighted with themselves right but you know that's just the quick like yep um but it is it's that it's that respect and patience for ourselves and our bodies on all levels and again training teaches us that so much but also that respect for other people on their journeys no matter where they are because you just don't know again as you say like all of the other pieces their upbringing their this or that we we have no clue right Again, we, we, we almost don't even know ourselves that well in that regard. So who are we to then go, oh, well, this person, that person, this person, that person. It and it doesn't keeps mean necessarily that focus, expecting everyone. Right. It keeps that yeah. focus on other um, because mm. it's, yeah. again, way more uncomfortable turning yeah. that mirror around. And I really do think that it's a mirror, Like Mm. all the judgments and things that you have on the world or on others, oh, what if you're saying that about yourself? And they can be Mm. the best things, they can be the worst things, um, but Mm. the world is really a mirror of our inner dialogue, of our inner beliefs. Mm. And what happens when you don't really feel like doing that work, well, then the world becomes very bland, very vanilla, Mm. and you can kind of skate by. That's not Mm. the experience that I am here for myself, Mm. for my daughters, for my Mm. clients, for my business. That's not how I choose to show up in the world. Now, does that affect me? Like, yes, sometimes it feels like I'm carrying a ton of bricks behind me that I'm trying to unpack and unload. It slows me down. It trips me up. But those Mm. are things that I need to unpack, that I've got to look at um, Mm. to move forward. And so, Mm. again, it's everybody's got their own journey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you absolutely do, you know, treat it almost like I'm going to say a training session. So, you know, for, for me, you know, this year um, has been, you know, a tough year in, in, in many respects. And it's probably 
the year where actually I have given myself the most compassion. Mm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of deep healing work and, you know, I, I think it was about a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had kind of said to myself, okay, um, this is going to be the last big bit of healing work for 2020. And then you're going to just do the kind of daily practice, the daily kind of, you know, small bits to keep yourself ticking over because I'm aware of the, you know, that the healing work that that kind of, you know, inner work Mm -hmm. that has to be given time to process because if you, if you do all of that too much, then you get, what was it? Someone said, um, Yes, yeah, so almost like, you know, your own, you know, emergence that if you do too much of it, it becomes an emergency. Yes. And I thought that that was such a good way of putting it. And I was very aware of that in myself that, you know, I'm doing a lot of, of work to understand myself and, and, you know, where I'm coming from more, mm. but that it got to the point where, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, okay, cool then I need to just rest and let things process because I don't want to find myself in this, you know, emergency as you know, was, was, um, was put so well by a a friend of mine. There's a difference between information. There's plenty of information out there, right? Like read the books, listen to the podcasts, Mm. um, take the course. Like we are in an information overload age. And especially Mm. when you have something that happened like this past summer with George Floyd, with this like, Mm. holy cow, you know, hey, white people wake up and start reading and learning. Information Mm. is not enough. Mm. Mm. Integration has to happen. And we lack this uh, connection or we lack this like next step of going into that integration. And that's what you're talking about, that time to rest, to recover, to actually let that information like sink Mm. into your body, to integrate and to allow it to change you. Mm. Like everybody's just drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. And you're not, (laughs) it's not working. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's it. That's part of knowing yourself and understanding mm-hmm. yourself. You know, it's it's almost like you have to do even some of that before you can even take on mm-hmm. anything else. So, you know, there, as you know, there are just so many layers of, mm-hmm. of understanding yourself, you know, mm-hmm. that to even be aware of yeah, like, okay, how, when, when do I need to rest? Okay. When am I ready for more? Okay, cool. You know, and, and, and that's understanding, that. understanding your body at, at that level. And I think yeah. that's where that like training piece comes in. Of, yes. Okay. How do I, how do I distinguish that inside of my own body? Well, you practice it. You show up mm. for your program and, uh, you know, mm. I get notes from my clients. I felt like crap today. I'm like, great. <laughs> Where did you feel that? What was that like? What was that experience? Okay, that's information. Mm. Log that away. Or they Mm. write in their their notes, you know, I crushed it today. Okay, great. You showed up. You were energized. You had sleep. You were properly fed. Like 
It is yeah. information either way. And unfortunately, yeah. we've been trained to think I had a bad workout. That doesn't mm. count. That's bad mm. information. I had a good mm. workout. I'm good. Mm. That's what I have to be working towards. And I don't think that's it. I think it's both. We have to develop information inside of our bodies to know the difference and say, hey, I'm feeling burnt out. I'm going to take a week off. Cool. That's what your body needs right now. Listen to it. Your body is so smart. Yeah. So smart. And we treat it like, like I don't have to sleep or eat or move and Mm. I'm just gonna, you know, bumble right along. (laughs) Yeah. Your body is divinely made. It Mm. is so smart. You can't, you can't trick it. You have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Because also it will continue to function yeah. whether you do or, and that's, that's, we'll the, that's the part, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the part is that you're still existing and getting along nicely, mm-hmm. completely unaware. But wow, if you did, if you became aware mm. and started to tune in, mm-hmm. it's a whole different experience. Yeah. And that's such a gift that we get to be a small part of mm. in the lives of our our clients and who we serve, you know, to teach them beyond yeah. the weight on the scale or the numbers or the whatever. Yes. It's so much more than that. Yes. It's so much more than that. Now, you mentioned your gorgeous girls. Can mm. you tell everybody what you tell them in the morning before they go to school? Every day before I would drop them when off. You, when you drop them off, yeah. I tell them to be brave and to be kind and that I love them. Oh. And there's another bit I think you once said before know who you are, know which who I you loved. Are. Which I loved. And then I was like, what can I say to my boys? What am I going to say to my boys? I was like, no, same damn thing, you know? Every, every night, like I, I think for my girls, giving them language around things that they want to be or do um, or how they want to show up in the world. I mm. I want to give them that affirmation. I want to give them that language. Mm. We do stuff before bed as well of mm. just, I am brave. I am kind. I am smart. Um, they come up mm. with their own stuff as well. Um, but mm. those are, those are things that I didn't have growing up. And yeah. so I was kind of left to my own devices. So mm. I'm trying, trying, I mean, momhood is a whole nother <laughs> podcast to navigate that with my two young girls who are eight and almost 10. Mm. It is. It's, it's so important, isn't it? Again, you know, that awareness of I know that what I say and mm. I know that what they hear mm-hmm. impacts them. And so I have to be very, you know, conscious around the language that I use around the children because they're taking all of that in. And, you know, Bjorn, he's five, but mm. he really, for five, really knows himself and is very, if he's upset with a friend, He'll be like, mommy, I need to, I need to speak to them. I need to tell them how I feel. And I'm like, yes, you know, we were minding kids in the summer and they would have like, um, we'd have a little one over for the day and then they'd have him for the day and so on. 
and uh, and sometimes we'd be with more kids playing in the playground. And if he got upset, he'd be beside himself. He has this thing mm. around, you know, threes. If he's left left out of the three, as as all you know, yeah. children kind of feel that like, oh god, they don't want to be my friend. Da, da, da. And he'd be that was his real fear in the summer. And then he oh. then this would happen, and he'd be distraught. And then after crying and crying and crying, he's like, I know what I need to do. I need to speak to such and such. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to call them over. And then he's like, why did you say that? That made me feel, and I'm, I'm, Mm. and I'm just watching him just like, wow. And I never want him to, to lose that, you know, and, and equally he came out of school maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago or something. And he had one star of the week in his, in his class. (laughs) And he came out of school and he was cheering. He was so happy. He was like, I'm star of the week. I'm star of the week. And everything in me wanted to be like, now, come on, sweetie. You know, shh, 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 you know don't kind of, yeah. you know, because the other kids were around. Totally. And like, don't hurt like, anybody else's no, feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, nope, you celebrate that because that's what happens, right? You're trying to then protect everybody else. And then what's that teaching him? That actually, you know, you don't get to celebrate something yeah. you've done well because other people will be upset. So I let him whoop and cheer. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Even though I was like, okay. But isn't that like such a beautiful, perfect example of you doing the work, right? Like looking mm. at your own internal stories, mm. your upbringing, your childhood, things that like – might not have sat right with you and you made Mm. like a conscious decision. Mm. I'm not like I'm choosing something different for my son, for him to celebrate himself, for him to live into like his joy, right? Yeah. That is powerful changing from like one generation to the next. And I know Mm. that's something that I definitely want to give to my girls yeah. a different narrative or a different story mm. for them. Mm. Mm. And also, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm here shouting my head off sometimes too. So oh my God. I that, like was a, that was a moment in time. When, when you talk about like, uh, I had mentioned Harriet Lerner and like how to apologize. I'm telling you the best self-development for me has been being a mother and yeah. my patience and how I apologize to them, mm, how I'm constantly mm. trying to model for them what, how I want to be in the world. And I think this, mm. this kind of like wraps it back up to the body. Like mm. you are a body, you are your nervous system mm. and you can't fake that shit. Like if mm. you show up with like a jacked up nervous system and yeah. you're lying and you're just putting on airs around things that like you think you should be, mm. people pick up on that, right? Like yeah. inside your family, inside your business, with your friends, like our nervous systems have this incredible way of communicating with mm. other bodies that mm. fight, flight, freeze, mm you know when those hairs stick up, right? And it's, um, it's intuitive. We might yeah. be disconnected from that, but you can't fake that shit. And that's why that individual like work for yourself, that pulling apart, that unraveling, that like uprooting of all of that crap that like doesn't work for you is so mm. important because then mm. you get to show up with a more grounded nervous system, with a mm. deeper sense of self 
that allows yeah. you to like pass that down to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Absolutely. Hopefully. Yeah. In moments. <laughs> and they're like 18. They're like, well, let me tell oh you my something. God. Mom. When my kids are also in therapy with their own issues from mom who, you know, like, don't get me wrong. This is not perfect over here. Like, I don't just don't think balance and perfection have any place mm. in my life. Mm. Um, there's an integration, there's, you know, things that I am constantly searching for and getting better at, but yeah, it's, it's a work in progress always. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely something that I, I welcome always, Mm. you know, you, you just can't, you know, you, you can't go just this idea that you know I guess it's that it's that good girl archetype isn't it and and you know being being nice and not upsetting people and but now I'm just kind of like yeah no you know what that worked that didn't okay what what are how do I move this forward Mm. and it's just it's not and actually you know on the one hand as you say that deep work is exhausting, Mm. but it's also extremely liberating because you stop, you know, attaching yourself to then uh, what other people are going to think or all of those things that keep you a prisoner inside of actually getting to do the work. I, you know, you're kind of, I still struggle with that. And I think Mm. that might be I would probably push back on that a little bit because Mm. after all the therapy and pulling apart my stories and kind of knowing myself on a much deeper level, Mm. believe me, I still want to be liked. Mm. (laughs) I, Mm. and I think that is a very personal Allison thing. Part of my defense mechanism is people pleaser, is to over function, Mm. is to, you know, not rock the boat. And so Mm. part of my struggle is this good girl archetype. Now, I've broken it in a lot of ways, very Mm. powerfully. Um, But Mm. there, and I, I, this is where I really lean towards that, the and, living in this Mm. paradox of being able to hold multiple things at once that Mm. can be true. So Mm. I can want to be liked I can like mm. that good girl narrative, the people pleaser, that, that is something that I struggle with. And mm. that doesn't have to be me. I mm. don't have to live into that truth. And so I deal with my people pleaser tendencies. I deal with the good girl kind of over here with my therapist and understand it and can pull it apart kind of mm. offline, so to speak. Mm. 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 And know that I can still show up in a very powerful way, in ways that serve me, that serve my community, in ways that are much more grounding. Mm. But it's both for me. Because just because yeah. I've done this work, like, believe me, the, the good girl narrative is still there. But I see it. Mm. And the mm. the lapse time, I think that's what happened. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. The lapse time between like, oh, there it is. And, oh, I don't have to choose that. But she's still yes. there, right? Like yes. previous Allison's, people pleaser Allison, she's still there. Mm. Um, but I don't have to listen to her. She's not quite as loud. And when she does pop up, I notice it. I get curious about it. Maybe I tell her to shut the F up, (laughs) but she's still there. 
So mm. I'm not, for me, I'm not sure that ever goes away. Mm, mm. But you have, you have an awareness of it. For sure. And that's the, you know, the thing, isn't it? To yes. recognize it for what it is or her for, you know, who she is and just being like, okay, yeah, I see you, but okay, yeah. this is, this is how I'm dealing. Turning you know, those lights on in like, turning those lights on is just like jarring, right? When you're like, mm. when you get feedback, when you go to therapy, when you have a compassionate mm. friend that tells you like, oh, maybe this is a little off. Those mm. lights that turn on are jarring because you mm. haven't seen those things about yourself before. Mm. Those are blind spots. Everybody has mm. them. Once mm, the lights absolutely. go on, you can't turn them back off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you say that a lot of people want to though, yeah, or do, or do, but they you, just leave the room. Yeah, but you've taken the decision to okay, I can't unsee that now. Yeah, this has laid out some more of you know the path ahead, and not everybody wants to do that. You know, not and, everybody's and also, ready to, and I think yeah. that's where like yeah. it doesn't in my opinion, doesn't necessarily make you, again, the binary. It doesn't make you bad. Mm. It doesn't make me better. It's mm. just where I'm at inside yeah. my own room with the lights on, dealing with my own stuff. And yeah. I want to extend that compassion to other people of like, hey, if you want, like the question that you asked, like, how do you start this? How do you do that? Like, Mm. it's the extension of compassion to others of this is a lifelong journey and let's do that together. It's yeah. not this book that I'm going to recommend. It's not mm. this course that I'm going to recommend. It's mm. the, the mentorship and the relationship of people that also have the lights on in the rooms yeah. that you want yeah. to be in. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that, you know, it goes back to that patience piece of, mm -hmm. yeah, as you said, you know, some people come back out of that room because they're not ready and <sighs> absolutely sure. yet. And, you know, some people may never be. And also that's, that's okay. You know, it, because that's their, and like this that's is where they are. And one of the, one of the things that bothers me right now, and I think this is very, very true for a lot of people. A lot of people don't turn those lights on because there is real trauma. There is real mm. danger for looking at some of mm. those things and doing that work, you know, with a buddy or doing that work on Instagram is not appropriate. Yeah. And there is a difference yeah. between trauma and discomfort. And mm. for... I will just speak for me as a white woman, when people talk about whiteness or race or racism, that is wildly discomfort. Like that's discomfort mm. for me. But we have mm. to make this distinction between what is trauma and what is just uncomfortable. We have to be yes. able to stay in the uncomfortable conversations. But when you start introducing trauma, you need mm. specific people to support you around mm. those things. And again, that's not mm. done on Instagram. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such an important distinction, actually, because it's almost like people think, you know, the world revolves on oh, yeah. social media and it, it absolutely doesn't. It's what we see and it's what's in our faces, you know, a lot. But um, absolutely the work doesn't go on there, you know. Those conversations are just inadequate. They lack yeah. context. 
and their sound bites, which are great mm. and can start people moving in certain directions, but they are just sure. sound bites. They are completely yeah. inadequate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If it if it sends you in a direction of sorts that is mm. helpful, mm. great. But it's you're absolutely right. It's not where it ends Mm-mm. for sure. It takes a lot more. God, Alison, obviously I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> You're just the best. I just, you, I, I will say this publicly on the podcast. I had, and I haven't never told you this before. I had, oh, when I was on Instagram, I mean, every, I'm living my best life over on the gram, right? Like I'm not even on Facebook. I'm on the gram. That's where I run my business. I'm sure, you know, go, go find me, whatever. I get sucked in though, as we do. And sometimes it's hard to really pull yourself out and see yourself clearly. And so I'd done this exercise where I had written down five, like people who see me, who I trust, who I know I can go to offline of like, Hey, I I do need some feedback or what are you seeing? What? And I had written down your name And I don't know if we had done like even, you know, we catch up on Zoom on the side and stuff like that. But I think there are just people that you connect Mm. with and see and see you because of, again, just that like energetic, that vibration, Mm. that trust is just there. And so Mm. I will pull up that list of five and be like, okay, if I need a touchstone, I can go to Jocelyn. If I need a touchstone, Mm. if I need a reminder, who are the people that I can go to? And that's Mm. really important for people to have. So I would come up with your Mm. list. I think Brene Brown writes about it beautifully in her books. She has this like little tiny piece of paper that she keeps in her wallet. And it's like a one by one, Mm. like the people that fit on this one by one tiny piece of paper. Those are the people that really matter. And for me, those are my touchstones of who am mm. I in this world? How am I showing up? Um, mm. You're one of them. Absolutely. Oh, Alison. Mm. <laughs> what to say, my darling? I'm having a but moment. It's so, it's so, <laughs> but it's so true though, isn't it as well that, you know, we've had what a couple is it? You just know mm. your people, don't yeah. you? And it's, it's not, you know, I don't even know a huge amount about your life, but yeah. you just, still, you know, because there's just a a connection. And I feel very fortunate, you know, to have you in my life and and other people like that in my life, where again, I couldn't tell you their, you know, about their parents or their siblings or their whatever. You don't need to, right? Yeah, it's just, exactly. Um, And I am extremely grateful for the internet for that. Me too. (laughs) Because we would not have met otherwise. Me too. I am 100% with you. It's like, um, do you know, I don't know if you know um, Janelle uh, Lewis. She's a yoga teacher. Um, And um, we recorded a podcast um, a few weeks back, actually. And we had never met in Mm. person. We'd never spoken. We'd messaged back and forth a little bit online. Um, And I was like, I want you, you know, on my podcast. I love you so much. And she had said that she'd spoken to a friend and this friend was like, so let me get this right. This person who you've never spoken to Uh before. (laughs) She's like, yeah, like, Jocelyn's my girl <laughs> and it is it's just, you can't explain it right but yeah. it's um and and actually I, I think that a I think it's extremely important 
B, I feel so grateful, you know, to have to have those people mm. who you know and trust. And I'm mm. not sure everybody does have those people yeah. um, because I feel exceptionally fortunate to have people that I can contact in that way. Like I, you know, I always talk about my friend Nita, who after my dad passed away, um, BJ and I went to his house in the summer and we, I, I, BJ was driving his car back from Coventry. And so I was driving our car back and I didn't know how I would be because we were going, mm. you know, into his route, you know, he died in his bed and we were, the house was as is, you mm. know, before he passed. Yeah. And I just didn't know how I was going to be. Yeah. Um, and so I said to my friend between these hours on Sunday, please, could you keep yourself free? I may need you to talk me through the two hour journey home and just keep me focused on the road. Mm. And she was, she was doing something, but she was like, no, I'm I'm here, you know? And actually I didn't call her in the end. I spoke to my brother and my sisters Mm. um, and she didn't message. She didn't contact me that, that night. She just held that space for me if I needed her and she didn't come into it. She, if I called her, she was there. I didn't call her that was all she needed to do. And knowing that I could do that was just, oh. Here's what's so beautiful about this. And I also have friends like this too, that I just on a soul level, love them. You, Mm. number one, asked for what you needed. You didn't Mm. just randomly, and I'm not saying you can't, I call random friends all the time, (laughs) but in like, a heightened emotional like necessity, you asked for what you needed, right? Mm. So you Mm. already created that space between the two of you saying, Mm. hey, this is what I need. Please be Mm. available. And Mm. then her job is to just hold that space for you. Mm. And also if you don't call, if you don't use that space, have it be okay as well. Again, Mm. like going back to that Mm. and like, and that's what really deep relationships, friendships, and not just, I mean, I'm talking like beyond my husband because I, you know, that's uh, romantic, but these like deep Mm. friendships that I have Mm. where there isn't this expectation of you fulfilling me and my needs, It's you Mm. enhancing me, you loving me in a way that allows me to show up as my best self. Mm. And I think, you know, that having friends like that is, oh my God, a blessing. And it takes work. Like they don't just fall out of the sky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. And it also takes going through a couple of real you know, bad friendships as well to sort of truly value the, you know, the good ones. That is definitely, you know, it's definitely been the case. Allowing um, allowing me. Now I know that you said, go on, go on. Oh, I was just going to say allowing you to grow and change and to people that will grow with you because I've definitely let some friendships go and thinking Mm. that I had failed in them and somehow And now reflecting Mm. back, it was just a period of time and this is who I was and this is who I'm becoming and there's no right or wrong, good or bad. It's just, I've outgrown. Just is. Just is. So. Yeah. 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 
And I know that you said that books are are not part mm. of the work, but I'm going to ask mm. you because I'm obsessed with books. Ah, yes. <laughs> one of my one of the mentorship girls is always like, Jocelyn, where do you keep all the? Because <laughs> I'm always, I'll be on a call and I'll be like, hang on a minute, there's a book. Oh wait, it's just here, <laughs> and I'll pull it out. And um, yes. what are your top three books that can be about anything? <sighs> See, this is the hardest question because <laughs> it depends. I will give you the a uh, couple books that are always on my desk because I can pull yeah. them out at any time and be inspired by them. And then the one that I'm reading now. Um, okay, perfect. So I, what I'm reading now is My Grandmother's Hands. Okay. And that is by... <sighs> I don't. I this is so embarrassing. I don't. No, know. it's fine. We can we can Google it. You can it's Google fine, it, Allison. <laughs> My grandmother's hands. Now okay. I am yeah. only maybe halfway through, but I love this conversation and distinction that he makes around the body and talking about white body supremacy versus white supremacy, which is a big conversation that a lot of people are having in social justice, racial justice right now. Um, And so for me, it's very relevant to make this distinction between white supremacy and the systems we operate in that are rooted in white supremacy and how our bodies as white people enter spaces as white with whiteness. So it's very okay. interesting. So that's the book that I'm reading right now. I just finished a bell, bell hooks, anything by bell hooks, anything by Audrey Lord. Okay. I absolutely bell recommend Audrey Lord. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And then, and then one that I love gifting people and that I pull at all the time um, is Cleo Wade, Heart Talk. And it's yes, um, yes. poetry. She just is lovely, Wonderful. lovely, lovely. I love Cleo Wade. Amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. They will go all in the show notes from the lovely Jeannie and her team. Mm. Oh, Alison, you're just divine, aren't you? Mm. <laughs> The feeling is so mutual. I just love conversations with you. They're always so nourishing. Oh, thank you, my darling. Where can people find you, my love? Instagram. I am at Allison Tenney. Yes, living my best life over on the gram. Um, and then my website is allisontenneyfitness.com. Okay, perfect. Doing the the funniest flipping reels. You inspired my very first reel. <laughs> <laughs> Reels are so I'm I'm trying to find ways to infuse more joy in these very what feels like very important conversations. Um and so yeah. how can we do that joyfully? And I'm finding reels and TikTok and you know fun things like that to be a nice entry point. I love it. Well they inspired me. I have been rubbish on the gram of late, but that's okay. We're getting back into it. We're getting back into it. <laughs> Oh, my love, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And God, I don't know when I will see you because you're in the US and Mm -hmm. I'm here. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows when we can travel. But one Mm -hmm. day we are going to embrace for the longest Mm -hmm. hug ever. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> it's going to be so damn good. Um, my love, thank you so, so much. And I will speak to you very soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.